You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sixty-six is the number to call. Start of the show talking about the Yankees and their impressive win Sunday night baseball, taking two of three from the Dodgers in L.A. Anthony Volpe with the big blow in that game. Domingo Herman did his job and did it very well for the Yankees as he continues to be consistent. I told you, I jumped on. I I have not. Truth be told, I've not been betting a lot since the Knicks and Rangers got bounced in the postseason. And yesterday I was, you know, sitting home. I knew I had the overnight looming over me. And, you know, my wife went out to meet her friend for brunch. So I was with the baby a little bit. You know, I was like, all right, let, let's uh, dabble here a little bit. Go to Superbook Sports and, you know, throw down the, um, by the way, use promo code Sal and go get hooked up on Superbook Sports in New Jersey. Use that app. Anyway, so. I put a little on the Mets thinking, ah, let me, you know, I knew, I knew they were going to get swept, but I said to myself, I want to watch the game. I want to have a lecture on, you know, some juice on, you know, how it is. sometimes you feel like doing that. Why not? What the hell? And I knew immediately that was a loser and it was frustrating watching Senga get lit up, frustrating watching the offense, although they came back, gave some hope and then the bullpen gives it right back. But then because initially I wanted to do a parlay, which I did, but you know the Mets took that out. Mets, Heat plus the eight, and then the Yankees just to win. And I looked at the lines. The Yankees getting plus 155 is like unheard of for the Yankees. They're never that big of an underdog. Plus 155, and I like Herman. Herman happens to be one of the pitchers that I feel like I, I can trust with this Yankees team. Aside from the sticky stuff, he's been good. So I jumped all over that. And after the Mets lost, which ruined my parlay and straight, then I went, okay, let's double down. Yankees even bigger. And then the two-team parlay, Yankees and the Heat. And the Heat were getting eight points, and they won outright. I'll, I'll tell you, man. Uh, a caller called last week. It's said, do you think the Heat can win this year? I don't think they will, but I think that they can. I am not betting against Jimmy Butler and the Heat. There's just no way. I know that Denver's talented, more talented. Uh, I... Miami's done things I just can't even believe that they're doing here. So at this point, who the hell knows what's going to happen with that series. But they made it a series where, you know, eight-point underdogs. I didn't think they were going to win the game. If I did, I would have bet the money line. Uh, I took them plus the eight and didn't even have to sweat it out, really. But, I mean, think about what Miami's been able to do here. 
Now they go home and can take control of this series, a series that looked like it wasn't even going to be competitive after game one. People have been counting them out all playoffs long. Oh, now they're going to give. Oh, yeah, they beat Milwaukee, but now the Knicks will get them. Oh, no, well, now there's no chance against Boston. Oh, well, now there's really no chance against Denver. Wrong. Anyway, talking Yanks, Mets, whatever else is on your mind on this Monday morning, 877-337-6666. Mickey the Grave Digger. Mickey, how are we doing this morning? Yo, my man, Sal, I didn't even think you were going to be on, bro. I turn around, I turn Alexon, the viewers on the radio, I hear you talking. I'm like, what the hell? Aren't you Here on? I am, yeah, doing the overnights. I'll be back on tonight, Mickey, 7 to midnight, and then after that, starting with Wednesday morning, back on the overnight. Ooh, might not hear from Mickey for a while. Mickey so might wait, run did you, did you used to Mickey, call the Mickey, overnights, Mickey? or you only started calling during the I evenings? I started, no, I, I, I would call on the overnights when I would work on the overnights when I would have to. And then I would just say, oh, you know what? I started liking you, so I would just stay up. Oh, and now, for, but now for, you, for, might like changing, for, for, you might be changing You might be changing shifts. The first couple, no, I would stay up for probably just the first couple hours, and then you go to sleep, and then I usually, I'm one of those guys that fall asleep and then wake up and then fall back asleep. So I, right. you know, I wake back up and I turn you on, listen to you, call you, listen to what you got to say for a little bit, well, stretch what, you off, and go back to and sleep. I, and I appreciate that. What time are you doing the grave digging? Uh, so grave digging starts at nine. Nine p.m. Nine a.m. Oh, nine a.m. Oh, geez, you do that early in the morning? Yeah, nine a. Oh, I said, oh, dude, I sent you some uh, stuff. Uh, uh, I sent you some grave digging stuff. Yeah, Mickey, I saw the 35 emails that you sent me in the last two nights. No, no, you, you have to, no, no, you have to see it's it's, it's because of, it's all, um, it's all like it's cool. It's like how you see the casket coming in. Yeah, I don't want to see that stuff. What makes you think I uh, want to see that? I like talking to you about it. it. I don't want to see pictures of that. The casket coming in. That's not cool for me. On a horse and carriage and stuff. It's pretty, I don't know. Pretty cool. Yeah. No. Well, anyway, uh, what's on your mind? Well, then tonight, don't, anyway, so you don't see nobody. It was, all that stuff was just it was me in the graveyard and stuff. It was just showing you stuff around the graveyard and the dogs and stuff. That's what I, that's what I was showing you. Um, I got it. I got it. But but anyway, so it's going to be uh, and soon it's going to be Mickey from South Florida because let me tell you, I killed those tests down there. Uh, you know, I killed Is those. Did so I tell you I went down there? You're moving, and I, I believe that you did. You're moving, and you're changing careers. Yeah, I took I took a uh, um, I took a uh, Miami Dade, and I took um, I took Miami Dade EMS and fire, and I took um, uh, West Palm Beach uh, um, uh, EMS and fire, and I killed it. Well, good luck, Mickey. Or congrats then for well, hopefully you get the job, and then we can wish you congrats. But good luck with everything. Happy Mickey, to hear then that. Then Mickey from Fort Lauderdale. Works for me. Or, oh, I like Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, it's great. Or or, or be Mickey from uh, or be Mickey the Grave Digger from Fort Lauderdale. Whatever it is, I'm, not, I'm I went down there and I'm without the taxes and everything. I ain't coming back, dude. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah. I mean, it's not for me necessarily to live there, but I can understand it. We we wish you the best of luck with that, Mickey. And uh, but you know, I just wanted to call in because how we talk. Well, you know, I'm pissed about the heat because how we talked about it. You know, we watched it and mm -hmm. how we play against them and how legit we are one player away, and that one player away is for Zingas. 
And what else I want, what I'm talking about is. I don't know if I would, I would say about, that they're. I don't know if I would say they're one player away and that one player away is Porzingis. And by the way, look at the Heat. Where are the Heat stars? Like, I know Adebayo is great and obviously Jimmy Butler, but we're not talking about, like, everybody talks about, oh, the Knicks need more stars. They need a legitimate star. Not necessarily. They need to play better team basketball. Obviously, they need to shoot better. And by the way, Mickey, did you see the news on Julius Randle having surgery, you know, the arthroscopic surgery on yeah. that? Yeah. So. And think about how tough he was to play. I know he got ridicule for, you know, not playing and I, well, not, and, and I was ridiculing him. And then when I seen that, I felt a little bad. Yeah. I was as a big you should. I didn't really feel as bad. I mean, I knew it was I hurt, didn't but, feel that well, bad. But, you know, I, I felt like, you know, like, damn, I was talking that crap when this guy really mm-hmm. was pushing his hardest, you know. And, uh, and also, the last thing is... Um, Dude, just like we were talking about last week about the pitch count and how I was talking about Nestor Cortez and look who's out. Nestor Cortez. Right, with Cortez dealing with the shoulder issue. You, you were mentioning, shoulder. It, yeah, you were mentioning the pitch him. clock. Yeah, no, and I him, get it. And him I don't exactly. Know. Him exactly. Well, because he's looked different. And thank you for the call, Mickey, and best of luck with uh, everything in Florida there. It sounds like an exciting opportunity for you, so we hope that you get that. And, uh, you know, enjoy the move and all that stuff and continue to hear from you here, of course. But, yeah, with Cortez, you did reference it last week, talking about the pitch clock and that, you know, guys could be injured. And Cortez has not been, he has not looked the same this year. And certainly not after, you know, the fifth inning or the third time through where he starts to maybe tire and, you know, lose it a little bit. I still trust Nesta Cortez. We'll see what's up with the shoulder injury and see how significant it is or what type of impact it had or could have on him moving forward. But you know what Cortez is going to do? He's going to battle. He's a he's a pitcher. He's a guy who's going to go out there and pitch. And let's just hope that, you know, whatever issue it is, it's not that serious. He's not going to miss any significant amount of time. And that he could come back. And even what he's done this year, and I know what you want. You know, you'd rather see what he did the last couple of years, obviously. But even what he's doing this year, that's plenty with this bullpen and with this lineup. The Yanks will be just fine. But it does suck that just when they get a few guys back, they potentially lose a couple more. That's the only thing that's been frustrating this year with the Yankees. They just can't get whole. But they continue to win. And continue to show that they have an edge to them. They have some fight. They can take a punch. And they can beat you different ways. John is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, John? Hey, Tom. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for making it, John. What's on your mind? I'm um, just calling about the Yankees, how you were saying about Judge, how he's a great leader. And the Mets, I'm trying to find if they have a leader like that. And, and, and I don't see it. I don't see they no don't. one in that ball club. Being, yeah, they don't, right? Um, I heard Key Hernandez the other day saying the catcher, he threw the ball to first. Key Hernandez said, if I'm the first baseman, because he threw the ball to first with two outs, Key Hernandez said, if I'm the first baseman, I will have a talk with this young man in the in the dugout. Today he did the same thing and he gave up a run. And, and that means that tells me Alonzo didn't have a talk with the young kid. So I, I, right with Alvarez likes to throw behind runners. I, I I get it. And look, they don't have Keith Hernandez was a great leader. I mean, he was a captain for a exactly. reason. He was a great leader for a reason. They don't have that. This is where I think the Mets are lacking, and this is why we struggle. We need someone in there who needs to be a leader like that. Hold guys accountable, not short ball Walter, because he can only do so much. But they need a player that they, that they can like, be like, okay, we get it. 
We respect. I agree. I don't think John. I, I agree I with think, you. I think. I think last year it worked with Buck taking over. You know, for the first year with this group and kind of getting things in order. And everybody, you know, getting in line and and Buck going out there being the leader. I think this year they needed a leader on the field. I, I wish that that guy would be Lindor. I don't think it is. I think Alonzo thinks he's that guy. He's not that guy. I believe Brandon Nimmo has the ability, but I don't think everybody's going to follow his lead. Maybe he doesn't have enough cachet. So the Mets are lacking that type of lead guy. I was frustrated when we didn't sign um, the first baseman that was from the Braves, that Freddie Freeman that went to the mm-hmm. to the to the to the Braves. I mean, to the to the Dodgers. When you want to win World Series, you got to go for guys like that. Guys like that will take you to the promised land. And I don't understand why the Mets didn't go after him. I guess because they don't want to hurt Peter Alonso's feelings in first base. But that guy right there is a leader. He's doing well, real good with the Dodgers. And he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and I, I just can't believe that we didn't go after a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Freddie Freeman would have ended up coming to the Mets, John. And thank you for the call. I forget the exact situation. I remember I wanted. Remember the Yankees were supposed to be in on him. It was um, Yankees because they needed the first baseman. This was before bringing Rizzo back, right? If memory serves correct, but. People didn't think Freeman really wanted to come to New York. People didn't think Freeman were, was really going to leave Atlanta. And it turned out that he did and obviously ended up leaving for L.A. Yeah, I mean, looking back, had the Mets, think of how better they, how much better they would be, how things would be different had the Mets signed Freddie Freeman to play first base and had Pete Alonso DH. No, actually, they'd be better off. I'm sorry, I take that back. Why would you want to do that when you can have the platoon of, you know, let's say Vogelback and Darren Ruff or... Vogelback and Mark Vientos, or you know Tommy Pham, whatever right-handed bat to complement Daniel Vogelback as lefty. You, you'd rather you know because you want righty-lefty matchups. Why have Alonzo be a DH, who by the way would be the best DH in baseball and is a perfect DH because he's not great defensively. I mean, I'm not trying to pick on Pete, who's going to be the greatest position player in the history of the New York Mets franchise, but he's not great defensively. Pete Alonzo should be their DH. And in your scenario, yeah, they made a run at Freddie Freeman. There might have been some talk at Fleeks. Do you remember what happened at that at that point with the Mets? Were we just creating that or did that did they actually show There was any something. I mean that first night that the lockout ended, there was something to that. I think maybe one of the reporters put a tweet out that the Mets were going to explore it, but obviously it did not go very far. And then remember there was all the controversy of did Freeman even want to leave Atlanta? Did something right, happen with right. the agent and the offer and the whole thing? So that whole situation was just kind of a mess. But, yeah, we did hear from somebody, I forget who it was, that the Mets were at least going to check in and then nothing really beyond that. Yeah, and we know that the Mets have the most money. See, here's what the Mets have done wrong, in my opinion, and this is where they should have learned, and we'll take a quick break and then get back to your calls, 877-337-6666. They have invested a lot of money in proven commodities atop their rotation. They have not taken that same path in their lineup. I'm not talking about Lindor. You know, obviously you trade for Lindor. They went the not not cheaper route necessarily, but they went quantity 
over quality with the lineup. Marte, Escobar, Canna. You know, and then even with the trade deadline, like we mentioned, with Vogel back and Roth and bringing in Tommy Pham. Where are the big impact bats? That's why we got so excited about Carlos Correa. Freddie Freeman would have been one of those guys. Trey Turner would have been one of those guys. I know the results, you know, obviously for Turner, I've not been there in Philly, but we were looking for an impact bat like that. Freeman probably would have been the best one because you move Alonzo to DH and you get that, that leader. The Mets are missing that leader. It's not Francisco Lindor. It's not Pete Alonzo. And maybe there's a, a battling going on between them two. I, I have no idea. I think Nimmo's the closest thing they have to a leader, but he doesn't have the cachet that the other two have. They're lacking that. Maybe that would be a final piece. Maybe it would just be a piece. Here's what I know. The Mets this year, right now, is currently constructed. I don't see a way out of it. They're not good enough. And I'm, look, they'll be fine. They'll make the playoffs. I'm talking about win it all. They're not good enough to win the World Series. Not even close. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Yankees get a big win. Sunday Night Baseball take two of three from the Dodgers. Furthering my feeling that this is the Yankees year. And again, I know it's early. I understand that you don't want to overreact. We know the Yankees are going to go to the playoffs like they do every year. But I've been telling you all year long, really not all year long, since the beginning of May that I felt like this Yankees team is the best team in the American League after watching them take on the Rays at the Trop, even in losing two out of three. And everything I've seen since then has further proved that point. The injuries suck, but the Yankees have been able to overcome it. And just when they get some guys back, maybe losing some other guys, obviously a significant uh, injury to Aaron Judge could change some things. But we'll hold uh, our breath for that one and wait to see what the exact results will be when Aaron Judge with that toe from running in the fence in Dodger Stadium, but Yankees are a really good, fun team to watch. And the fun part about this year is going to be the chase. You know, for the Mets, they are kind of the opposite of that. They have not been good. They've been up and down, inconsistent, sweep a series, then get swept. The complete opposite of last year. And I think we need to, I know it's a reference point because it's basically the same team as last year, and we keep referencing what happened last year in the 101 wins they've proven plenty of times this year they are not even close to what they were a year ago. That's it. They're not. So last year's team would not have done half the stuff that they've done this year. Losing right out of the gate, you kind of knew that. And for those people who say that things that happen early on, the early season trends, oh, well, it's just the first week of the season. Oh, what's it matter? We're six games in. Those people are wrong. Pay attention to it because a lot of times what happens the first week continues through. We knew right out of the gate that this Mets team was different when they got swept by the Brewers because they didn't get swept basically all last year. And then the second series this year, they got swept. 
And what did people say? Oh, well, you know what? It's early. No big deal. Brewers. No, that was the first sign that this team was not what they were a year ago. And that trend has continued from the second series of the season through now, mid-June. As the Mets, you know, limp into the off day and will head down to a place that's been a house of horrors. This is, to me, a season-defining series. The way the Yankees had it, and I believe I called it the same thing, a season-defining series for the Yankees in early May going into the trop. And I saw, even though they lost two of three, I saw enough to me where I said, okay, they're going to be fine. Well, I need to see that. This is a season-defining series for the Mets in Atlanta. They have never recovered from what happened a year ago in Atlanta. Maybe this is where they need to go to exercise the demons. Maybe this is where they need to go to get their season turned around. But this is going to be a huge series for the Mets. 877-337-6666. Yanks, Mets, whatever's on your mind. Mike, Staten Island. What's up, Mike? Sally, what's going on, man? Hi, Mike. How are you? All right. So when you get back to midnight, because I, I, I work, when I work midnight, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I lose my mind when you're not on. I mean, so. It's what do you mean? Me. What hours do you want me to work exactly? Anytime from twelve to eight. That's what I work. I expect you on there. I know it's. I know I'm messing around with you, but like all these replacements. All right. Twelve. I, twelve a.m. I'm watching South Park on my on my on my ship. Right, well, I got it. I appreciate the support. Well, for now, you're going to be happy because I am outside of tonight where I work 7 to midnight later on this evening, and I won't be on Tuesday morning because of it. After that, I'm scheduled to do overnights uh, consistently. Oh, thank God. Uh, listen, Sal. Uh, thank God for who? For you? Thank God for me. Yeah, I can't hate <laughs> it. This, this is terrible. I'm telling you. I can't do this. But anyway, Sal, um... I'm calling back the Yankees. I want to know, like, I know you think the Yankees are better than they are last year, but who's closing games for us? Like, we're going to keep going with Combs and Peralta. What's his name? Wandy Peralta? Yeah, I mean, what about Michael King on occasion who's been a weapon? See, they get, they got multiple guys, plus they're hurt. I mean, once the Yankees get healthier, you'll have even more options. But I think it matters on the uh, matchups. You know, like you saw Wani Peralta. You'll see Holmes do it on occasion. Yeah, I mentioned King. So I think it just matters on any given night in the matchups. Yeah, and what do you think they're going to do with this kid, uh, Peraza now? I mean, I know he's hitting, you know, you know, the crap out of the ball, but like, you know, what are they going to do? Should keep him down while he's killing it? While they no. let, you know, they treat Volpe with golden, golden roses and stuff like that because you know he's a local kid, but. Peraza will be up here eventually. And by the way, Mike, too, one thing that I left out, aside from the guys that come back for the Yankees, you know they could always go out there and trade for a big bullpen arm at the deadline, too, if they wanted to. Because that is the one thing that's missing. They've had the best bullpen in Major League Baseball, certainly by ERA, and they've got plenty of options. But they don't have that one clear-cut, dominant, no-doubt-about-it guy. We'll see if that becomes available at the deadline and if they go get it. But as far as Peraza goes, Mike, and thank you for the call and thank you for the kind words, I, I really do appreciate it. I mean, I don't know if I could help you out long term, but I do, I do appreciate it. Here's what I'll say. Whenever I'm on, you could just download the free Odyssey app and listen, listen back to it on your time. So, for example, like tonight I'm going to be on 7 to midnight. You can then just listen back on the free Odyssey app if you like whenever you want on your time. Anyway, Peraza, if he continues to perform the way that he is, they're going to have to call him up. And it's not like, oh, well, crap, they're going to have to call him up. They want to call him up. He's a great glove, and if he can have an impactful bat, he's going to help them out. He could be another guy who could potentially be a difference maker for him when these games start to matter down the stretch here. 
and on into October. And he would replace, let's say, DJ LeMayhew, his roster spot. Now, I don't know how they're going to work that with LeMayhew. Maybe they IL him. Again, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. But, I mean, LeMayhew's hitting 239. What exactly is he providing? No power, not great defense, no speed. If he's not hitting for a high average and hitting in clutch spots, what's LeMayhew's value? He doesn't have any. And I like LeMayhew, but he's been terrible. And I'm just looking ahead here a little bit. Where That's where you get Peraza into the lineup. Now, if Donaldson continues to perform when he's in there, that's... You know, Donaldson's going to take a hold of a third base, and then then you start to you know, lose some spots for Peraza potentially. But I think his call-up is going to coincide with LeMahieu Donaldson production. Potentially Volpe, too. Volpe with the big home run last night, but maybe if he struggles defensively or whatever, then they can reconfigure that infield to where they move Volpe off a of short, bring Peraza up, have him at short, and then figure out how they're going to work Volpe, Glaber, Donaldson, and LeMahieu. But they've got depth, and having Peraza at, you know, doing what he's doing right now gives the Yankees even more power. Chris is calling from Beacon. Chris, what's on your mind on this Monday morning? Sal, welcome back. Thanks. This where, Thank this you. This is where you belong. Get the hell out of here. This is where I belong. What are you out of your mind? <laughs> this, is, this is your shift, man. You are back. This is, this is no, where you No, no, no. It's my, yes, it's my shift for now. No, I'm, I'm Sal, telling you. I'm not a hard part. The only hard part is an hour from now when the sunlight comes out, and you haven't seen that problem. When you break sunlight, it's the worst, especially when you take a break. You took a long break. But when I'm on vacation for two weeks, you know, and I have to get back to the overnight. When you hit, that sun comes out, you're like a vampire. One of you is like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, you feel I like you're going to die. You're right. Like, I've taken off the overnight since I've been doing it regularly for over two years. I've taken off yeah. the overnight for a vacation here or there, and it is weird getting back. Usually, the first day is an adjustment. I don't know how it's going to be for me this time going in after almost being off, for, off of it for eight weeks. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Um, and it's great to hear. <laughs> it's great to hear Stewart back. Cause, look, Stewart calls, but you don't, you, don't get, you don't get into the mind of Stewart unless, you know, that you got Sal, the overnight doctor, that gets into his brain. I'm a little concerned with Stewart. I'm a little concerned with him, you know, to, you know, adding a couple kills to his belt. I've seen this documentary before. You know, I've seen this documentary where a uh, guy alone in his apartment, neighbors are concerned. They ask what that smell is. He says, dear meat. I would like to see what's in his freezer. I would like yeah, to see little. This- I am a little worried about Stewart as well. we got to get that temper um, curved. I know. It's sad. I don't know, but it's good. To, it's he's good such to have a good back. guy too. He's but he's got that bad temper. He's not afraid. I, to, it's something well, going on here. I don't know, yeah. but we'll, we'll have to figure that out during the next couple of weeks and get. You have to get into more details out of what's going on with him. Um, oh, well, give me yeah, right. give me a few more days. Look, Sal. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit of sports. We're only we ended really quick with this. You know, I'm I was concerned going back into the season, and this is going to be concerning these three days. We might have to get Mickey the Gravedigger to create a tombstone for the Mets if it goes if it goes the way I think it's going to go the next three days. And, um, dude, I'm concerned, man. Well, if they, get, concerned. If they get swept, if they, yeah. if they get swept, forget it. Like, th- this is what I mean. It's not just about the results as far as the standings yeah. or the games back. You know, right now there's six games back in the loss column. If they get swept by the Braves, it is going to send them into a tail. It'll demoralize this already soft group who couldn't get off the mat last year after they got swept. They cannot get swept. Look, they got to win this series. End of story. You want to be taken seriously. Again, there are higher expectations. This isn't hope. Like, 
Adam Adovino says. This is exactly. about high expectations. Go out there and get it done. I'm not sitting here saying going into Atlanta, oh, let's let's not get swept. No, you go win a series. Anything less is honestly Don't come back. You don't win two or three. <laughs> stay there. I don't want to see you come back to New York. Sal, man, I'm telling you, look, this team, it's nothing we can do about it. We can sell teams or whatnot. The Wolpons, they stole their soul to devil. So, you know, to put it, we're, we're jinxed. To put it, let me let me quote the late, great DMX, and I'll let you go. He said, I sold my soul to the devil, and the price was cheap. So, it's over, Sal. This, we're never going to see success. I'm, I'm sorry to be that bear of bad news. We're just, we're, look, we're, the point of being jinxed, when we're in a World Series, okay, you have Matt Harvey pitching a great game, demands himself to come back in the night city and blows it. We are just cursed to eternity. And Will you know you what? Stop. And Will I hope it stop does. With the- it's what it is, man. We're not going to see success. And we're going to see – we're not going to see that World Series win. Dude, I was four, I was four years old, and I'm 40 this year. So yeah. we'll see what happens, but I'm depressed about it. But let's see what happens. Well, it's not, I, I, it's it's not the happening way I, this year. It's going to be bad, but – no, All right, Sal. Welcome okay, back. Thank you for the call. Yep, thank you, thank you. This is where I belong. Yeah, I got it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And the kind words, of course. Look, whether they you know get swept or whatever, they're not winning the World Series this year. That was obvious from the World Baseball Classic. The moment Edwin Diaz went down, the, the Mets were not winning the World Series. You knew it. You can't. You want to, especially at that particular point where it's, you know, whatever, weeks before the season, you don't want to acknowledge that that's the case. That's the reality. The reality is this team was not good enough to overcome a blow like that. And then it's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that ever since. They're not good enough. They didn't do enough in the offseason, which we kind of felt. They stayed the same. They didn't get any worse. They changed some pieces, but they didn't get any worse. But they needed to upgrade in that lineup. And losing Diaz hurt him. It was going to hurt him. And then Verlander missing a month. Scherzer not being himself. And now, with them finally being somewhat whole, even now they can't win. Losing Syria. I mean, think about it. We get excited about them sweeping the Phillies around that. They have, I mean, they've played exactly, let's see, one, two. They've played three good series in, since the West Coast trip in April. They have played three good series. Out of how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, out of 12 series, 12 or 13 series, I just counted there quickly because I didn't want as much dead air if I actually counted the whole thing. Think about that. Three good series in the last month and a half for a team that didn't lose a series a year ago until the end of April, and they barely lost series the entire year. They didn't get swept until September. They've been getting swept left and right this year and losing two crappy teams to boot. So it feels like, like it felt like their season turned in the Tampa Bay series. Right, that dramatic comeback on that Wednesday night, game two of that Rays series. They followed it up with the afternoon uh, win, made it stick. They swept Cleveland. Okay, here come the Mets. Wrong. They followed that up with two straight series losses to crappy teams. All right, reset. Come back home against the Phillies. Let's see, here come the Mets. Sweep the Phillies. Here we go. Wrong. Swept by the Blue Jays. Can only imagine what's in store 
in Atlanta, and then again against the Yankees. You know, Mets got a tough stretch here too. Pirates have been good. Cardinals are always a pain in the neck for them. But outside of that, you get the Braves, Pirates, Yankees, Astros in Philadelphia. They take on the Phillies and then the, the Brewers. For four. I mean, the Mets have a – this June, I don't know if there's going to be a swoon or not, but this will be a telling June. And I'm telling you, this is a season-defining series. Scherzer, Verlander, both set to pitch in Atlanta. It is a season-defining series in mid-June. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the Fan. 877-337-6666. I never got around to the uh, to the mulch this weekend, dude. What's with the weather? It was freezing this weekend, relatively speaking. I mean, it's you know, early June, sure, but I mean, it was cold out, dark and cold. It, it, it was hoodie hoodie sal this weekend. I was ready to go out there in the tank top, you know, get a little tan, go do some mulch. I'm not mulching now. I was looking for every excuse not to do anything, but I, I didn't do it. I'm not mulching in 50 degree weather or whatever it is. Now maybe later on today I gotta I don't even know what the weather is I gotta check it out I gotta get those bags down it's just it's weighing on me it's gonna bother me it was a mistake that I made a rookie mistake but I'm not paying two grand to have get some guy come mulch and and do the plant I don't care about it enough so I figured I'd do it myself but now I gotta actually do it and it's a lot they doing the first side took a lot out of me I don't want to do it again it, but and then you know how it is like when you see the things just sitting there or the chores pile up. The, the more that chores of the to-do list piles up, the less you want to do it. You got to knock them off one at a time. It's hard to mentally grasp just one at a time, one day at a time, one chore at a time, one thing. Okay, we got to go to Costco. Fine. All right. Let's go to Costco and get that over with. Dog food and this and that. It's like, oh, God, I really don't want to go in there. But once you do it, okay, good. That's off the list. Now we can breathe a little bit. What's next? But this mulch, man. Oh, and sitting there, you know, the, the pallet, half the pallet's still sitting in the front of my house. And then the worst part about it is the part that I did do, I'm starting to see some weeds come through again. This after they already sprayed the weed killer, I put down that stupid tarp 
as best I could. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get every ounce of the soil. But I put down that tarp the best I could, put the mulch over it, and I'm still seeing weeds come through. It's ridiculous. I hate mulching. I hate homeowning. Always something. Mike is calling from New Rochelle. Hi, Mike. What's going on, Sal? First of all, I just want to thank you for making my drive to work uh, entertaining every day. You know, you really, you really do a great job. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Now, what I want to call about is the atrocity of the Vogelback trade for with Colin Holderman. Holderman throws ninety-nine miles per hour. We needed a bullpen arm. What what was going on there? Uh, I mean, I think the Mets just felt Holderman was expendable. I had no issue with the trade at the time. I know a lot of people flipped out uh, because what's Holderman doing now? Is he any good? I mean, he's 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 definitely supporting. He definitely has a supporting role. But I mean, we have Vogel back. I mean, what 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 is he doing? You know, no, nothing. Yeah, he's not doing not absolutely nothing. No, I, again, I'm not going to look back it. on it. I'm not going to look back on that trade now because the Mets needed offense last year. And I actually thought at the time there were two insignificant pieces that were involved in that trade. Holderman, okay, who cares? He's another bullpen arm. They'll be fine. Remember, last year it wasn't like he was going to be a difference maker in that pen. And I didn't think Vogelback, when all was said and done, was going to be an impactful player for them either. I thought he was a, an initial move. I didn't think he was the move. Turns out he was the move, and that's on the Mets. Yeah. That's on Epler. He can't be the move. I mean, come on now, him and Darren Ruff. Absolutely. And 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 even worse, Mike. Even worse than that is that they picked Vogel back up for this year. I was screaming and begging not to do it. I knew it was, it was a mistake. I couldn't believe that they did it. And guess who was proven right? Me, because he's gotten even worse, and he does nothing. Nothing. Now, one more thing. If if the Mets are in contention at the All Star break, what do you think Stevie goes for? Does he go for a bullpen arm? Does he go for a starting pitcher, or does he go for another batter? Uh, it's a great question, Mike, and thank you for the call. And I do appreciate the kind words. See, I don't know. First of all, we got to see where the Mets are. I mean, because by the deadline, they might be buried. I hate to say it, but I mean, there's a chance. Now, not as far as the wild card spot goes if they're not competing for a wild card spot the entire year i mean something's significantly wrong and then maybe we do need to start talking about people potentially you know having to lose their jobs and and guys getting changed there but i don't think that's going to be the case now as far as the division goes they better be careful or that may be long gone by the trade deadline and i have to believe that the mets are not going to go nuts and trade from their farm system, which they want to build up. That's the only way to sustain success. They've acknowledged that many times before. And that's going to limit what they can do. Now, if they're open for making a trade where you take back a bad contract, maybe that's the best way that they can improve. That might be the only way out. Steve Cohen's going to spend money. He's not afraid to do that. He showed you that. How much, to what extent, we're going to find out. But much like I said, this is a season-defining series. This is going to be a very telling trade deadline. 
The Javi Baez one was kind of a normal trade deadline, right? And the Mets weren't as good then, but they were aggressive. And it was exciting making that move. Obviously, it didn't work out the way that we had hoped, but the team wasn't as good. They were hurt you know, with DeGrom, not knowing when he was coming back. And they still made an aggressive move, which was the first of the new generation, the new era with Steve Cohen. So I was hopeful and excited that, hey, well, this is going to be the norm moving forward. And last year, in a year where they were very good and needed some clear pieces, the argument was there wasn't that piece or those pieces there that were the perfect fit that were worth giving up top prospects for. Was it that or was it that they just didn't want to give up the top prospects? Because they ended up coming away with basically nothing. They needed the bullpen arm or two. They needed at least one big bat maybe another, and they ended up with Michael Gibbons, Daniel Vogelback, and Darren Ruff. And it's just not good enough. It's embarrassing, as a matter of fact. For a 101-win team or for a team that was you know, well on their way to a postseason, a team that was leading their division the majority of the year, that was an embarrassing return at the trade deadline. And we all knew it at the time. We all said it. So what will this year bring? Closer to last year, or are we going to see a little bit more aggression? I would lean toward more what they did last year. I think that's what they're going to try to do. I'd be stunned if the Mets made a big move. Now, they are in need of a big move and likely will be even more in need of a big move by then. But I am not... Uh, I, I, last year, one of the reasons why I said the NL East was over when I did was because they were 10 games up and I thought they were going to get better. I figured for sure they're going to add to this team. Go get the bullpen piece that they're missing. Go get the big bat that they're missing. And they didn't do it. For one reason or another, they didn't do it. That was one of the big reasons why I picked them to win that division when they were up big. I, I don't have that same faith this year. How could you after what we saw a year ago? Samuel is calling from Colorado. What's up, Samuel? Sal, I just want to let you know how special you are. Your callers just uh, talk about you and they miss you on the air. You mean a lot to those guys. And, uh, I, I listen to you every single night that that I can. I'm a huge Yankees fan, uh, retired sports writer, 42 years. And, uh, you know, some people get it and some people don't. Sal, you get it. Well, and thank you, Samuel. And apparently you do as well. Thank you. You're special to those guys. And uh, don't, don't ever forget that. Now I'll talk about your, the Mets for a second. I really feel like the Mets are going to make two moves. Because I don't think Cohen has the patience to sit here and be mediocre very long. He's in this to win it, and I think he's going to make two moves when it gets right down to the nitty-gritty and get them back uh, back on the schneid a little bit. And uh, he has well, to. Otherwise, moves? he's going to, you know, they're just going to be the same old, same old. And uh, you people out there, you, you, they're not going to put up with that. Well, no, no, we're not. But, I mean, here's the, the there's also a big difference in, and Fleeks and I were talking about this during one of the breaks, there's a big difference. I can't stand when people call and reference prior ownership. That has nothing to do with this team. Oh, they're cursed, or the, the, the Wilpons this, the Wilpons that. They have nothing. They're not here anymore. Let it go. Right. It's it, This is a different kind of criticism. This team, off of a very good year last year, a great year, as a matter of fact, last year, certainly up until the, the very end of the season, uh, this team this year is not good. That's in, in comparison to that. Or they're not good enough to win a World Series. But the expectations are different. When we would say the team's not good in the past, it would mean they're gonna they're lucky if they win 75 games. This team 
likely will make the playoffs for a second straight year. So not being good now is way different than it was then, B.C., before Cohen. It's totally different. Well, I agree. They've got some dead weight, though, they got to get rid of sooner or later. Agreed. You know, and there's no question that's going to help. But I just don't think he's going to sit very long and, and just let it stew like that. He's he's not that kind of owner. He's in it to win it. Uh, you right. know, and, but and, the question, but the question, Samuel becomes: We know also he wants to be disciplined and have sustained success, which is how you build through the farm system. So that's going to be a, a big question with Steve Cohen: How much are they going to be willing to give up at this year's deadline to go, you know, to to go try to improve this team? And is this particular team worth go going all in on? Maybe they have to make the changes in the offseason. Those are two big questions. Well, you got to spend a little to make a little. That's what he's got to do. He knows that. No, I get it, but I'm talking about spending money is different than spending prospects. They're not going to spend the big prospects. That's That goes without saying. So if you don't spend the top prospect, and thank you for the call and for the kind word, Samuel. We appreciate it. If you're not spending the top prospects, you have to spend the money. Meaning, okay, yeah, we'll take on a bad contract. We'll take the bad contract off your hands, and we'll go, uh, you know, add that player. You know, here's the other thing to keep an eye on. The Mets are going to make a run at Shohei Otani, so... Are they going to be willing to take on a bad contract at this particular point, knowing that Otani's looming? Or are they just going to try to get through this year, hope for the best, and then say, okay, well, next year in the offseason, this is where we really make our mark. This is where we make our difference. This is where we take this team to another level. Kind of reconfigure or restructure this team a little bit and try to go out there and get Otani. Now, you don't know if you're going to land them. You may be able to make the biggest offer. You don't know if you're going to land them. But this is not about a lack of desire or lack of want, or lack of effort from Steve Cohen. It's about a lack of execution from his front office. They have not brought in the right guys. Or it's about a lack of execution from the guys that they did bring in themselves. You could say, well, you know, because nobody's going to question bringing in Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer. Are those guys going to be able to get the job done? Have they gotten the job done to date? The answer is no, they have not. They've shown signs of it. They've done it at times. Scherzer finally starting to look good. But ultimately, they have not gotten the job done. It's been two and a half months. They have not gotten the job done. Has Lindor gotten the job done? Absolutely not. He has not. Marte, Escobar, and so on. Have these guys gotten the job done? Remember, they brought Canna, Fam. They brought these guys in. Vogel back. Beatty, Alvarez. I mean, we got to see what all these guys that they put here, what they can do. There are some signs, but ultimately, the team has regressed from a year ago. And that's not what you want to see. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.